Let us begin in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, welcome to another edition of Seeds of Truth. This is your host, Joe Holcraft, coming to you from KKXX Studios, Chico Live Radio, 104.5 FM and AM 930. It is great to be with you another Thursday evening. We have the opportunity to reflect into the richness of the Gospel text this 33rd Sunday of Ordinary Time that has us in the Gospel of Mark, chapter 13, which means we are going to be talking about the stuff of the end times. Uh, Yes, that means we are at the end of another liturgical season, Uh, This week is the 33rd Sunday in Ordinary Time. Next Sunday is going to be uh, uh, Christ the King Sunday, and the following Sunday is the first Sunday of Advent. So here we are uh, wrapping up a liturgical season, which means we think about, well, the end again. And I will be having this discussion uh, with Debbie Rizals, who is here in studio with me. Great to have you with me another evening, Debbie. Thank you, Joe. I'm happy to be here. So... A scary gospel Mm, for most of us, I think. (laughs) Anytime you start to get into this apocalyptic literature, Mm -hmm. anytime you start to get into this um, cryptic literature, uh, we get nervous, (laughs) I think, Debbie. So um, what we will do today after we read the gospel, after you read the gospel for us, Debbie, we will get into a little bit of the literal sense, okay? What was in the mind of not only uh, Mark, but also Christ. I mean, what was his message? Because when you pull back and you think about it, it really doesn't make a whole lot of sense um, for Jesus to say, I will be coming soon. And for us to interpret that as if he's going to come tomorrow for the last 2000 years. Mm -hmm. I mean, you talk about anticlimactic, right? (laughs) One year after another, 2,000 years later, we're still wondering when he's coming. So something's going on here. Mm -hmm. Something's going on here. And this will also allow us, Debbie, to talk about the importance of death. I mean, Jesus says in today's gospel, you know not the day nor the hour. So we will be talking about the end times. And as the end times often does, we will be talking about death, but not necessarily in this negative sense, but in light of a living relationship with God. huh? So with that, Debbie, if you can get us going with this evening's gospel. Jesus said to his disciples, in those days, after that tribulation, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light and the stars will be falling from the sky and the powers in the heavens will be shaken and then they will see the Son of Man coming in the clouds with great power and glory. And then he will send out the angels and gather his elect from the four winds, from the end of the earth to the end of the sky. Learn a lesson from the fig tree. When its branch becomes tender and sprouts leaves, you know that summer is near. In the same way, when you see these things happening, Know that he is near at the gates. Amen, I say to you, this generation will not pass away until all these things have taken place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. But of that day or hour no one knows, neither the angels in heaven nor the Son, but only the Father. Amen. So as I just noted, Debbie, this is... 
rich with apocalyptic literature. Now, what is apocalyptic literature? We can distill what it is to simply say it is imagery that wants us to appreciate the end of the world. Now, when we say this is the end of the world as we know it, what do we intend to mean? Is it the end of the world as we literally know it today? Well, again, what does Christ mean? (laughs) He's saying the end of the world is coming. But to get into the mind of the author, to get into the mind of Christ, to talk about world was to talk about your relationship with God. This was the end of a way of thinking how you relate to God. You see, there is something entirely new. Apocalyptic literature is about the rising of the curtain, the lifting up of the curtain. This is why, oh, by the way, Debbie, (laughs) that when you translate the word revelation, what do you get? The Greek is apocalypsus, which literally means to remove the veil. Well, the Latin word revelatio translates what? To remove the veil, Mm. right? Why? Because the curtain is literally being lifted. There's a new covenant, a new relationship with God. So when he's talking about the sun, the moon, the stars, and all of this rich, rich imagery, he wants us to see that, yes, there's going to be a new world that's going to be ushered in, and it's going to be ushered in in my blood. You see, this is why the curtain tears in half, the narrative of the passion. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. This is why we now have uh, new contact with the Holy of Holies, because we've entered into a new relationship. When Christ says, I am coming soon, the Greek for coming soon is uh, parousia. It also translates as appearance or invitation. The church fathers understood this collectively as one thing, Eucharistic, Eucharistic. When Jesus Christ says, this is the blood of the New Testament, this is the blood of the New Covenant, what is he saying? He is saying, this is the blood of the new relationship, the new presence that I'm going to usher in, the new world, if you will. This is why it was so important for some of the church fathers to communicate to the Christian faithful what Jesus was saying when he was talking about his coming soon, his appearance, his invitation, because what is the Eucharist? (laughs) But in appearance of Jesus Christ, body, blood, soul, and divinity, and at once an invitation. Mm -hmm. This is transformative, Debbie. Now, we put this in the context of the end of time. What Jesus wants us to see, quite simply, is that if there's a new world, there's a new covenant, there's a new era, there's a new time. There's a new time. Now, if you were to go into some of the church fathers, there's something else there. This is also tied to the destruction of the temple in Jerusalem. In fact, it is being prophetically described mm-hmm. to the specifics. So all of this has historical ties, but like all of sacred scripture, um, Debbie, it's not reduced to that literal sense. We are made to go deeper and understand in light of the literal sense, the spiritual depth and the spiritual meaning. So important. I'm going to learn so much tonight. Thank you. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> um, 
And I always think of, anytime we mention temple, I think of our own bodies. I think of mm. our own selves. Amen. You know, Amen. the death and resurrection of our own souls in our own spiritual life, the temple of our bodies that we offer to him. I see great correlation here mm. to that needing to happen for whenever our end time is. My end time could be tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know... Let, let us not forget that, that he can come like a thief in the night. Yep. We yep. not know the hour, the day. I Amen. mean, he says it here and he says it in that passage as well. Yep. We don't know the yeah. hour, the time. A lot of you um, know that I'm a widow and my husband was killed in a car accident. It'll be 10 years in February. And we knew not the hour, we mm. knew not the day. I had a sense of it because, um, you know, some grace was given to me ahead of time. Mm. But what happens when your whole world is rocked in a matter of seconds? You've got some choices to make, right? God is so good. He gives us the grace ahead of time mm. for what we need to go through. And um, I could very much identify with Job. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Blessed be the name of the Lord. He gives and he takes away. Yeah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Mm. And isn't that the choice we have, you know, that we um, we can decide to cling to our Lord during those times when um, we really have nothing else? Where yeah. else should we go, Lord? You yeah. have the words of eternal life. Where Amen. else would I go but to my Eucharistic Lord? I yeah. mean, that's where you go. Yeah. You know, John 6, uh, that whole chapter, where should we go? You have everything. And if we... Uh, truly trust and have a relationship with him even things as devastating as you know sudden death and um, people leaving us physically our lord never does and um, there's a clinging um, a dependence that is all anew yeah um, if we allow that to happen we can become bitter or better you know and that is also our choice and and god the gentleman that he is will let us make that choice Mm. But mm. it doesn't mean he ever leaves us. And so, you know, I encourage any of our listeners out there that might be feeling a little discouraged, a little alone. You're not. You're not. Amen. Thank you, Debbie, for being so open to talking about Steve's death. You know, we didn't talk about this before, Debbie, but I guess I have a question for you. Um, if a thought has crossed your mind and heart as it relates to Steve, I believe it was a saint, and I can't remember which saint it was, but this saint, she was losing a loved one. And as he was dying, she said to him, I will see you in the Eucharist. I will see you in the Eucharist. And I thought, wow, what a beautiful thought. You know, the Eucharist is what? Well, the one sacrifice of Christ made present on the altar, right? And is it not the one sacrifice of Christ that unites man together? So yeah, it is right to say, I will see you in the Eucharist. Mm, a family. Um, yeah. And mm. I don't know if that's something that you experienced. Yes. Debbie, as we talk about the coming soon mm-hmm. and, and this being Eucharistic and this being transformative and essentially this being God coming down and gathering his elect, mm-hmm. you know, those who, who choose to seek him out. Mm-hmm. You know, what is the passage from First uh, Corinthians 2, 9? No eye has seen nor ear heard nor the heart of man conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. And yet we have those who are most dear to us who 
are seeing, are hearing, and are aware of what paradise is all about and how wonderful that might be and how that might enrich our Eucharistic experience when we receive our Lord, body, blood, soul, and divinity. I just cannot help but sometimes, Debbie, be overwhelmed by that truth. You know, that initial time where um, you're numb, uh, grief is overwhelming, you can't pray like you like sure. you once could, but I hungered for Eucharist. And, and um, Steve's conversion came about through the Eucharist. Mm. Um, he went on a spiritual pilgrimage, and when he left, unbeknownst to me, he did not believe in Jesus present in the Eucharist. I did, he had never shared that with me. Mm. And through the course of this spectacular trip, God revealed himself in such a way mm. that was transformative, as you said. An understanding of Eucharist that could not be rivaled for him. Yeah. It was it sure. was spectacular. So because that's where his conversion back to Christ came from was through the Eucharist, I just knew that's where he'd be. It's like he's gonna be with the with the Eucharistic he's not gonna miss Mass. <laughs> mm-hmm, <laughs> he's mm-hmm. he's in the eternal. He's, you know, part of the eternal mass. But I just knew that heaven and earth meet at mass mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. the angels and saints surround us at mass Amen. and fill Amen. our church. And my husband was among that. I, mm-hmm. I just, I could feel him. It was, um, it has continued to be a very comforting and beautiful experience. Praise God. Well, there's nothing <laughs> like death that clarifies our mind, mm-hmm. sharpens our understanding and routes our whole life to a new summit, mm-hmm. a new point, if uh, you will. Absolutely. You know, and that is uh, the grace of death to some degree. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I lost my dad when I was young, when I was 15 years old, and I go back to that day. Sure. That night. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> that changed everything for me. Right. Um, you said it. You, you don't pray the same way. Mm-hmm. You don't think the same way. Suddenly, everything that mattered just simply didn't matter anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, trivia itself was unimportant, and what was important suddenly wasn't so trivial. Mm -hmm. And so there's this clarity, this sharpening, if you will, of time itself, Debbie, and the value of time and the gift of time. Shouldn't we live a more purpose-driven life? What's that book by Warren, Mm -hmm. I think it is, Purpose-Driven Life? Shouldn't we be living a more purpose-driven life? I mean, do we think about our days in the context of passing time or killing time? Why do we go to work? Is it just to make money so that we can get the things that we want? Huh? Why do we have children? Why do we uh, share one another's company? Is it all for the sake of getting versus giving? I mean, why do we go to work? Do we go to work for the glory of God? Do we have children for the glory of God? Do we spend time with one another for the glory of God? Do we love for love's sake or for someone to pat us on the back? Why do we do what we do? In the end, this is the question that Jesus asks us. Why do we do what we do? What does Jesus say to us in today's gospel? Huh? We know not the day. We know not the hour. So start doing as I have commanded you to do by first loving. 
And then all that you do will have so much more meaning. And I tell you, Debbie, when we do that, it mm -hmm. really is a game changer. You know, Debbie, this discussion on time and how we ought to utilize our time brings me back to the story of creation, huh? The Hebrew word for days and the creation of days is yom. And it is a term that is not so much about time, the context of sequence per se, what is linear and, and horizontal, but time, the context of what is vertical, huh? Essentially, as St. Augustine would remind us, purpose-driven time. So it's not so much about quantity and how much you produce as much as it is about quality and how you produce, which ultimately, Debbie, brings us to our definitive point. Because what are we talking about here? Death. We are only going to produce as we ought if we are first dying to self. We are talking about death in the context of the end, dying and by the grace of God being beamed up to heaven. But that death, the last death, will only be understood as it ought if we are first dying to self, if we are first becoming the person that we ought to be in light of who God created us to be. Um, and so these are things that we are made to talk about, especially in light of the Eucharist, because of course the Eucharist is not made possible without the death of Christ. You brought up um, the temple, the body. What does Christ say? Destroy this temple and I will raise it up in three days. And what was he talking about? His body, mm -hmm. right? His body in the Eucharist, mm -hmm. the resurrection of the body. Um, the Eucharist is very uh, resurrection-centered. And so all of this, again, brings us back to this whole discussion of the end of time, because, Debbie, <laughs> it's the end of time in the context of how we think about time. Right? right? There's a new gift to transform our time. And so it is time <laughs> to um, see this for what it is and do something about it. You know, we, at Mass, we enter the eternal now mm -hmm. of heaven. It's, oh, we have a chance spiritually to join in the beatific vision. Mm. Spiritually. Mm. Yeah. You know, we can't see it with our eyes, but close your eyes. And imagine what's around you, the angels, the saints, jammed all over the church, mm -hmm. worshiping, mm -hmm. adoring, Jesus there, consecrating. In mm. the priest just stands as persona Christi. Mm. And I remember when Steve had that realization, he said, Debbie, that's why it doesn't matter the disposition of the priest. This is why we can't judge them, because... Jesus is there. Mm. I mean, this it was just like this blow his mind off kind yeah, of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he had, at that time, a priest he was struggling with. Sure. And yeah. he went, he came home and it was like, it doesn't matter. It yeah. doesn't matter because yeah. Jesus is doing. And I went, oh, what yeah. a thought. Yeah. We're Amen. joining heaven. We're yeah, joining in, heaven. In persona Christi, in the person of Christ, uh, when the priest steps into the church, the vestibule, he is in persona Christi. Yes. And uh, it is so important for us to appreciate that. As and obviously time goes bye-bye. Yeah. yeah, and to some degree, Debbie, it brings us back to the discussion we had a few weeks ago as it relates to courtship. When you are spending time with your beloved, the last thing you are thinking about is time. In fact, what do we say? 
time flies, right? Time flies. Benedict XVI, in his encyclical, his beautiful document, document on hope titled Saved in Hope, he talks about how we find the totality of who we are in Christ, and it is only in light of that do we truly find the authentic meaning of hope. Because hope itself as a virtue is the confident assurance of things yet to come. It sees the potential of what is yet to come. And if our hope is in the person of Jesus Christ, we will see the potential and the greatness of what we can do. Huh? So it is very important to put the person of Jesus Christ before us. And in so doing, enter into that courtship that our hope might be realized in relationship with Jesus Christ. And yes, oh, by the way, when we do that, time flies. And every experience we have, folks, is not only for our own growth spiritually, but to share with others, as, as Joe said, you know, comforting the other widows and widowers, mm. comforting those that are lonely, comforting, sharing, loving, reaching out. In my bathroom, I have this um, little plaque, and it says, every day is a gift. And I put it there purposefully so that I would have that reminder as I'm getting ready every morning. It's like, you have another day to love better, to be better, to draw closer, to cling, mm. to detach just a little more from something, just mm -hmm. a little something, mm -hmm. detach mm -hmm. just a little more, and attach to him. What Amen. a gift. What yeah, a gift really, one day is. It, it really is. And as you talk about sharing this, how important is that, Debbie? You know, we say, I could do more here, or I, I could do more there, and we ought to be thinking about what more we can do. But let us not get caught up in doing so many things mm -hmm. that we forget the importance of the one thing, which is first loving Jesus Christ. Right. We yeah. said it a couple weeks ago, Debbie. If there's anything that the saints have in common, they love Jesus Christ before anything and anyone else, right? So we put the person of Jesus Christ before us, and we allow him to inspire us, and we share in this great ministry. We share in these works that God gives to us, these apostolates, um, that we might build up the kingdom of God. And if we say, well, I wish this person was more joyful, then, well, you be joyful. Well, mm -hmm. I wish this person would help that person. Well, you help that person. Mm -hmm. Don't be so negative. Mm -hmm. Don't be so critical. Do something about it. Right. Allow God to invade your soul and do something about it. Appreciating the day for what it is, a gift. Mm -hmm. And this is so important for us today, Debbie, because, and by today I mean 2015, because we really have just gotten into one big hurry. Mm. You know, there's that scene from Shawshank Redemption, where who's the character? Brooks, I think. He's the older librarian. He's been in the in Shawshank prison for I don't know how long, 50, 60 years. And he gets out. It's, you know, it's 1920-something, 1930-something. And there's cars. Well, mm. when he entered the prison, there weren't any cars. And the first thing he says in the letter that he writes to his friends from the prison, boy, the world just got itself in one big hurry. Mm. And it was just so true. It was so striking. And I think today... More so. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you took the words from my mouth. More so. We've gotten in one big hurry. hurry. You know, and we just need to take a deep breath and allow God to work in our life. huh? And remember something else, something you said earlier, Debbie, before we went on air. 
you know, we talk about the day as a gift and how we ought to offer it up to God and make it something, you know, really special. Well, you know, we make a lot of mistakes and sometimes we make bad decisions and it leaves a mess. But you know, God takes that mess and he does something beautiful with it. We just need to be humble and submit to how God wants to use all of our messiness for his greater glory and learn from those bad decisions. See the messiness for what it is in of itself and understand, you want to know what? I could have avoided this mess. But again, sometimes we need to experience the messiness so as to avoid it the next time. Okay, I don't know, Debbie, if you have any closing thoughts, no, let us go ahead and wrap up with a word of prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. All glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. And God bless you. Thanks for listening to Seeds of Truth, heard every evening, Monday through Friday at 5.30 here on KKXX. If you'd like to hear this program or find out how you can help support Seeds of Truth, the website is joeholcraft.org.